Hey there, I'm Jeff, and welcome to Inside Intercom. As we keep building out the Intercom platform so that teams can customize Intercom for their own needs, we've loved getting to know the great group of developers and partners building apps for our customers and for themselves. I head up platform partnerships here at Intercom, so every day I'm thinking about ways that we can support those developers and make it as easy as possible for them to build useful and valuable apps quickly. So I invited Mark Weitzel, GM of New Relic One, to join me on the show today. A lot of companies, including us at Intercom, use New Relic to monitor their backend systems. And I've long admired the extensibility of their platform and the strong developer community that Mark and his team have built up. In our conversation, we talked about what it takes to start a developer program from the ground up and the strategies that have helped New Relic create a true community experience for their partners, developers, and customers. Mark's got some great advice for anyone working on partnerships and DevRel strategies. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to check out others by subscribing to our show on the podcast player of your choice. So without further ado, let's head into the studio. Welcome to the show, Mark. Uh, you have been working a long time in platform, and so we're really excited to hear all your experience here today. Thank you. I'm super excited to to be here, and welcome to uh, my home city of Durham. Yeah, it was awesome that I uh, kind of worked out that I was on the East Coast as well and could drive down and uh, meet you in person here. So I'm happy to be here. So I guess with that kind of experience in mind, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, you know how your career grew over time and how you ended up at New Relic. Sure. You know, I I was thinking about this this podcast and my my journey to to New Relic and it really started here in North Carolina when I started working for IBM a number of years ago I had the opportunity to start and lead an open source project at the Eclipse Foundation interestingly enough around systems management and it was there that I I really discovered this passion and this joy of working transparently and openly with developers and from there, that that led to working also at IBM, where I was leading the Open Social Foundation. Uh, we were looking at really interesting web-based technologies that were emerging in the consumer space that would really apply to the enterprise. And it was at that time I, I met a lot of the team at Jive and uh, found out that they were doing some really interesting work around unlocking the the power of collaboration and your sort of you know enterprise social graph uh, that you have and they were they were building an ecosystem of applications and needed to build an ecosystem of developers and they were doing this around uh, open social and really around open standards based to to pull in that that set of developers that was used to building things in the consumer space and I got excited about that joined Jive after a brief stint at sugar doing, you know, sort of the same thing of building platforms and ecosystem. Uh, some of my old colleagues at Jive that were at New Relic said, hey, we're we're accelerating our platform journey. We want to open up our platform. We're looking for somebody who understands developers and can relate to developers, has has built a platform that's extensible, has worked in open source, and and oh, by the way, has also built, you know, a partner ecosystem. So we're looking for that if you're interested. And of course, uh, I was, and yeah. it's been a great journey. That's fantastic. And I mean, New Relic is such a great company. We've used and looked up to New Relic for a long time at Intercom. And so I think it's great to get to kind of pick your brain over this stuff. So I guess, you know, let's let's shift gears into that and talk a little bit about New Relic. Um, you know, New Relic has always offered ways for developers to plug its solutions into their own apps, uh, you know, principally, at, at least in the beginning, 
very much for monitoring their applications and understanding what's happening, uh, you know, in your production environment. How has that changed over time? And, you know, how have you guys accelerated, you know, that opening of the platform? Yeah, if you if you look at, I guess, uh, you know, more than 10 years now, the the portfolio has really, really grown and adopted and changed as the industry's changed, right? You know, we now have mobile and synthetics and things like that in our portfolio suite. But if we step back and look at the the larger trend in the industry, right? It's absolutely amazing the pace of change in our industry uh, at this point. Uh, IDC recently said that by 2022, half of the global economy is going to be digital. You know, that's that's incredible to think we've reached the point where half the economic activity in the world is going to flow through technology. And this is really transforming fundamentally the, you know, every business in the world. We we talk about, you know, every company being a software company. Well, that's that's true. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And these changes are hard. I mean, let's think about the the lift that it takes for teams to migrate a traditional application, which there's hundreds of them out, thousands of them out there still, into a microservices architecture in the cloud. It's it's really hard. And and teams today don't really have to just focus on a, a few things in production that you need to pay attention to. It's it's thousands. And in some of our larger customers, millions of things you have to pay attention to. So these these environments have, you know, exploded and all of those things, all of that complexity that we've introduced, those pieces have to work flawlessly together and you, you've got to watch them. You have to know and understand it. I, I go back to the tweet that as Lou was introducing, Lou Cerne, our, our CEO, is introducing New Relic One, you know, he placed this tweet up that said, we replaced our monolith with microservices so that every outage could be more like a, a murder mystery, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's so the, true. It's, it is. So true. You know, this is the problem that's, this is the complexity that's facing our customers. And this is the problem that we're, we're trying to solve, you know, helping our customers make sense of these complex environments and opening up our platform, being more open. Right you know, for developers, that, that's a key first step of that. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think you've hit along a lot of uh, kind of topics we've covered here on the podcast before, you know, software eating the world. And I think, you know, a lot of our listenership and it's easy for us in tech to forget that so much of business is not technology first or digitally native. Um, a lot of these businesses are 100 years old or, you know, 50 years old, and they're really having to transition these old processes and old pieces of software into, you know, cloud products that are very, very large scale in comparison to what, you know, even some of the largest startups have built. Absolutely. So it's, it's an interesting problem for sure. So you mentioned they're kind of in passing, uh, you know, New Relic One. I know you guys have just announced a release of New Relic One, which promises to kind of make New Relic completely programmable. What you know, made you guys decide that? And maybe you could give us a little bit of insight into what it means to be completely programmable. Sure. Um, if, if we think about this, and we, we, we think about the complexity that's happening now, you know, these environments have changed and, the, and you have to pay attention to lots and lots of things. You know, you've got your Lambda functions, your containers, your hose, all of these things to New Relic. These are these are entities that that we think about, and you need to watch and pay attention to them in production. New Relic One is really the industry's first entity-centric observability platform. It helps you make sense of the fragmented things inside of your organization. It pulls those all together. 
and it helps you better understand uh, these increasingly complex pan-enterprise interdependent system. And it's the tool that we believe will, you know, lay the foundation for the next decade of growth at New Relic and uh, help our customers deliver the outstanding customer experiences that directly impact their their business value. Cool. So I guess it's not, uh, it takes that step of monitoring, uh, you know, quite a bit further and says, you know, you're not just there to monitor sort of your, your systems soft, because software has become every part of your business. You're really monitoring every part of your business and how every part of your business interacts with it, with each other. That's right. Okay. And, and looking at New Relic from a programmable standpoint, one of the things we're, we're doing is making it easier to, to collect data from multiple sources, integrate those things into your workflows. And with our programmable UI that's going to be coming later this year, one of the things you'll be able to do is visualize that in new and compelling ways that are very tailored to your business. It's it's speaking your language, if you will. That's fantastic. So obviously, developers are a really big part of New Relic. And over the last year, you've really led the launch of New Relic's developer program. For companies that are looking to start their own developer enablement program or just, you know, uh, developer platforms, what types of things should they be considering? How would you recommend they go about thinking about that kind of initial startup phase? Yeah, this is a, a really interesting question and one that I've done now a few places. I, I think first and foremost, you you have to have executive buy-in and executive support. Uh, you have to realize that you know, a developer program isn't a website and a developer program isn't uh, a forum where people can ask questions, right? It's a it's a long-term investment that you're betting your business on. And so first and foremost, you have to have that executive support and executive commitment. And we're very fortunate, New Relic, that we, we've got that. I think the other part of that is then you really need to understand your objectives. Uh, and, you know, here's a great example. At, at Jive, we didn't really have a developer ecosystem. So a big part of what we were trying to do is attract developers. You know, in this case, it was from, you know, consumer space using open social, attract them into the platform to take that expertise and apply it to building applications on an enterprise social collaboration platform. At New Relic, developers are our customers. So we're looking at how do we better enable, how do we, you know, better provide the tools that they need because uh, developer acquisition in this particular case isn't our our primary goal. We want new developers, obviously. We want people to come to the platform, but developers are our customers and we need to we need to serve them. Another aspect that we think of, and and I was thinking about this as as we were getting ready, is the the notion of platform readiness. And you you really need to be honest with yourself of, of where you are. And I go back to that, you know, we first met at DevRelCon in London and API the Docs in London. And and I went back to Cristiano uh, Betta's session, you know, where he did the API teardown. You know, everybody writes their developer portal down on a piece of paper and puts it in a hat and he he draws one out. Right, and right. it's terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying, right? And so there you see in real time yeah. somebody going through your your first 20 minute experience, you're, you're seeing them interact in front of everybody, you know, what it's like to participate in your developer program. And that's, like you said, terrifying, mm. because you're going to have hundreds or if you're lucky, thousands of Christianos a day. So you've got to be ready to put your name in a hat, your platform's got to be ready. And, and you need to be honest with yourself of, of where you are in, in that process and that journey. 
Another aspect that I like to think of is what's the impact to developers? If you are a platform company and you realize that you know, developers don't necessarily get paid to build things on your platform. They get paid mm -hmm. to do their job and build their software and deliver their software. So the total cost of ownership isn't just they can build something really cool and neat on my platform really quickly. It's how does that get maintained and how does that evolve and how does that grow? And your platform can't break. Going right. a little bit back to that readiness statement, yeah. like as you evolve, those things need to be stable and durable, and that that cost of ownership has to be very low. Yeah, it's even more true if if you're dealing with you know ISV partners who want to make money off your right your right. ecosystem. So it really is you're building a long term relationship when you're getting into building platforms and working with developers, and you have to look at it as such from the very beginning. Absolutely, and and as part of that, it helps to establish this this notion of some guiding principles mm -hmm. and and what are the important things because when when developers come to your your site they work with your developer portal or your the tools that you provide and your your platform they're really interacting with your brand and and this is a very public representation of who you are and there's going to be there's going to be lots of ways you engage with developers conferences like we met up right. at, at DevRelCon speaking at at domain specific things like DevOps days, open source code that you contribute as a set of examples, workshops that you do to enable, you're instilling and representing your brand in a way that's that's unique to a very distinct audience and developers. And, and at New Relic, we tried to establish a set of guiding principles for us because so many people, so many teams interact with, with our customers. You know, the first one we laid out was this notion of all developers being equal. All developers are created equal. And that's the idea that you create a platform and whether you're in the New Relic, uh, you know, whether you're a New Relic employee or a customer or a, a developer at a, at a partner, you're using the same tools, you're using the same APIs, you're, you're using the same things. There's this notion of equality across the platform. So you guys advocate really for having your internal teams, you know, dog fooding, using those APIs to build everything that they build for, you know, yeah. the own, you know, your own internal product. A absolutely. Um, and, and that's our goal, right? right. And this is a, a guiding principle. And, you know, let's, let's be honest with each other, right? Sometimes these, these are tough to adhere to. Of course. And software making isn't always pretty. But if you establish that principle, it starts to establish a discipline of separating the platform out, which gives you the ability to adhere to API contracts, which gives you the ability to evolve and move faster. Mm -hmm. So the more that you are that self-consuming dog fooding or drinking your own champagne or whichever yeah. you know euphemism we want to use, the stronger your platform ends up becoming. Yeah. You know, another another guiding principle for us is we're striving to be more open. We're striving to become a, a more open company that's that's contributing to open source and consuming open source, engaging in open standards. You know, we we joined CNCF a number of years ago. I guess I guess about a year or so ago we mm -hmm. joined CNCF. So we did that. So we had a, a way to engage the community at a, at a at a different level and bring some of our thought leadership and learn from other companies that are there. So we're working to be more open and favor working openly where we can. That doesn't mean we're going to open source everything, obviously, uh, but it does mean we're going to try to engage more openly. 
and the last one, and this is this is one that's really, I think probably uh, for me the the most important one, which is you know working with New Relic must be joyful. You have to have that sense of accomplishment. You know, think about that first twenty minutes when you encounter and you're like, oh, I want to go try something, and and all of a sudden it works. You're like, wow, I did that. That was awesome what's next and you get that excitement yeah and you feel like you're being productive and driving value to the business in a new and unique way that's a joyful experience like that's that's the energy and excitement i want new relics developer program to instill in every person that touches our api absolutely yeah we recently had cc from slack on the podcast and she mentioned something similar in in the sense of um, you know, you're, you're trying to make the process simple and easy and, you know, uh, effortless for the consumers of the platform and the users of the platform, but you also are there to sort of instill some of your brand and instill some of that, uh, some of your personality, I guess, into the relationship as well. And it sounds like that's exactly what some of these principles are driving towards. It's exactly what those principles are driving towards. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that... All businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise. Old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service. And it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right? And see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. This is, I mean, you guys obviously have a, a strong set of principles here to start with, but um, how hard was it to get to those? Was that, you know, was there a ton of internal debate around that? Was it an exec level thing? Was it a ground level, you know, in the team amongst themselves kind of deciding that? Or how did that play out internally? You know, it's really interesting. Um, there there was really no debate about that last one, right? You know, sure. that, you know everybody understands that, that, you know, we're here because we all have this love affair with software. We're all passionate developers, right? So making that a, a joyful, exciting experience, like that was a no brainer. And it's almost like stating the obvious, you know, some of the others, like we talked about, like building software is hard, you know, deciding, for example, on the, do we open up an API that we use proprietarily because it, you know, it favors, uh, those are, those are hard decisions, right? Building software. Yeah. Building software isn't, isn't always the prettiest thing, uh, if you will. And so there's, there was a lot of debate about that what does it mean to have you know everybody created equal and and what does it mean to consume our own platform but 
Um, we had a lot of discussions about that really at, at multiple levels of the organization. Okay. And in the end, you guys felt like you kind of came to a, a common understanding of what, you know, created equal means and what openness looks like and that sort of thing. We, we did. And this is, this is part of our journey. This is mm -hmm. part of our journey as, as maturing as a developer platform, as, as becoming an engage, you know, and engaging our community more. These are guiding principles and we strive for those principles. We're not always perfect, but this is what we're striving for. Excellent. So I guess uh, just to get down to the, the nuts and bolts of it, I'd love to hear a little bit about how your team is set up and how the developer program runs uh, at New Relic. So just, I guess, you know, give the listeners a quick overview of what your org looks like and, uh, and, and you know, how you guys do what you do. Sure. I'll, I'll talk specifically about the developer ecosystem part of, of our organization. And really, we think about that as, you know, what's, what's required to enable our core platform. So these are the tools, the APIs, the SDKs, things like that, that, that we build to enable developers to extend uh, our platform. And then we think about things that are built using that. Again, going back to that, all developers are created equal. When we start to build or you know, integrations on top of that, we want to be using the same tools, the same process, the same methodologies that we expect our customers to do. So this notion of, of integrations built on top of the, of the platform would be another sort of slice of how we think about that. And then obviously there's our advocacy, evangelism, and enablement uh, aspect of this, where we go out and, and try to bring some of our thought leadership to our uh, customers and developers, showing them the best practices on how to build onto the platform, uh, extend the platform, and and get more value out of it. Okay. So in, in listening to what you were saying there, Mark, it seems like not only are you sort of building your internal org and you're trying to enable developers, but you're really focused on building a larger developer community. And that spans not only from the obvious, which is people building on the platform and your customers who are using the platform to do their own jobs, but also to your internal teams who are, you know, effectively forced to be part of the community by that guiding principle of all developers being created equal. So how do you think about community and creating a great community experience? And then also why is that community such an important part or such an important factor to the success of a platform? Yeah. I, you know, this is, um, as I think about this, we see as organizations start to adopt DevOps practices uh, and start to to really become more agile and, and and try to deliver innovation faster, you know we're seeing developers having this increasingly important seat at the table in deciding the tools and and platforms that that they use, and more and more these decisions that we're seeing are not based on features and capabilities that pop up out of the box, you know, you, you turn it on and the lights, the lights go on. Uh, but it's also how well you can integrate with other applications that are important to their business, how, how you fit into their tool chain, uh, and ultimately how you become, you know, the seamless part of their business. You know, when you're, when you're struggling because you've got a, a fire because your systems are down, the last thing you want to be doing is is trying to figure out and bounce between multiple systems, right? You want an intuitive way to navigate and solve that problem quickly. And this is, you know, a, a key part of why we're striving so hard to create this, you know, joyful developer experience and provide the right sets of tools and APIs that make it easy for teams to, 
to work with New Relic to get data in and out of our platform so they can integrate it into their workflows and their processes. Um, and we, we believe that this fosters innovation. We believe that it helps modern teams deliver faster with much, much more confidence. And it, you know that's really at the core of why we're building our our developer platform and providing the tools and SDKs that that complement our products. And I, I think we're seeing you know this is this is why customers uh, and our partners have uh, rely on New Relic, like like Intercom. It's the ability to have that extensibility to simplify the deployment, the automation, integrate with incident response, and really you know, deliver faster with confidence. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting space to be yeah, in. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the sum total of all those pieces means that, uh, you know, this community of, of developers and people using New Relic are, uh, you know, they're doing it because there's joy in it. They're doing it because it makes their lives easier. And then because of that, they're, you know, kind of helping each other get better at using this tool as well we're, at the same we're time. We're passionate about software, right? We're, we're yeah. in this business yeah because we're passionate about building innovative solutions and we're passionate about software. I mean, you know, my my first computer, I, I might be dating myself, yeah. right? Was an, <laughs> was an Apple II and I'm programming in basic. I'm like, this is this is awesome stuff right, right. here. So yeah, Fantastic. we've come we've come a long way since then, but thankfully. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. But in a lot of ways not so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's exciting. And this this change in the industry and what's happening now and the ability to innovate, you know, is you know, uh, it it's just opening up so many opportunities uh, for everybody. And and when you when you build that software, you need to understand what's going on with it. Right. Absolutely. So tell us what's next for New Relic and for New Relic's developer platform and developer ecosystem. Sure. You know, we 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 started this podcast. You know, thinking about this change in the industry and this this, this complexity that's happening as you know we. We make this shift towards everything being digital, right? We talked about you know half the GDP moving through software. That that's incredible, and for companies that are that are going to survive in this world, you have to change the way you think. You you got to play offense with software, and you have to think about the the things that your developers create as strategic assets that give you a competitive advantage, right? Because who builds that software? Developers, yeah, yeah, developers and engineers, yeah. And so we're we're going to continue to open up our platform. We're going to continue to make it easy for developers to to send data from multiple data sources that that aren't just New Relic data sources. Uh, we're going to continue to expand our API coverage and make our platform richer and deeper, and provide a set of you know tools and capabilities on top of that that accelerate your ability to to innovate. And then we're we're really going to drive this notion of innovation through our programmable user interface. That's going to open up an incredible amount of, of thought leadership and innovation on our platform to create new and exciting solutions. You know, we, we believe, and you've heard Lou Cerny talk about this, we believe the world deserves more perfect software and programmability is the future of New Relic that's going to help us get there. Amazing. 
You know, one of the things that I think uh, is great about listening to how you talk about the platform is that it's so intertwined with the product at New Relic and, you know, building software is sort of what your product helps enable and your developer platform helps also enable that. And and so it's it's such an intertwined thing. It's, you know, it's product, it's platform, it's ecosystem, it's developers. And so I think this has been a really great conversation and a really interesting take on talking about platforms and talking about developer communities. So thanks so much, Mark, for joining us today. And uh yeah, can't wait to share this with our listeners. It's been great. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more interviews, go to intercom.com slash blog or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. This is Inside Intercom.